Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is the Steelers Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Steelers Wire editor, Kurt Popejoy. Hey there, welcome into the show. First of all, let us be the first to wish you, the listener, a very healthy and happy new year. And just a quick shout out that you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for the Steelers Wire. And don't forget to hit subscribe for us. Man, Kurt, this was uh, this one's tough, right? This, the Steelers get blasted by the Chiefs. Their playoff hopes are kind of decimated now. And given the situation, right, the Chiefs having COVID issues, they didn't have Travis Kelsey, they didn't have their punter, they didn't have their kicker, they, they were without a bunch of key guys. You would yeah. think the Steelers would sense the opportunity and rise to the occasion, right? And they, yeah. just, they just fell flat. Yeah. You, you thought that this would have been a – a blood in the water type scenario, you know, they, yes, they yes. see a, a vulnerable team um, missing two. I think the chiefs were missing two starting offensive linemen. The, the defensive front was just going to feast on them and, and all these things were going to happen. And, you know, it, it's pretty sad when the, the television broadcasters are already talking about, you know, the Steelers flat and, and playing, you know, sleepwalking through the game, and that—that's that, when you know things are bad. You know, because they typically—I don't think—like to make observations like that. But it was so obvious that they—they they had to make a note of the fact that the, the whole team. You know, I, I said something after the game. You watched the the Chiefs. You know, before the score got out of hand, when it was still still manageable, Chiefs player would make a stop, make a tackle, getting up. You know, celebrating with his teammates. Um, make a good run, you know, they're they're up, they're excited. Steelers player makes a tackle, just walks back to the huddle, doesn't doesn't react. Same thing on offense. And I thought, you know, if this isn't the game that you're gonna be pumped up to to make some plays, then then you know, you kind of get what you deserve at that point. It was it was tough. I that I've watched some pretty bad losses this year. You know, they they played some bad football games this year. I'm not sure they played a bad four quarters like they did last week. I've seen him play bad halves. I've seen him play three quarters of bad football in a game, but I've never seen him go bell to bell with, with such an uninspired performance. And I, I don't know if the, you know, it's a case where you see Cam Hayward out there hustling and making plays and it just makes, it just magnifies the lack of effort by the rest of the team. I think sometimes. No, that's, um, a great, that's a great point. Like you usually see the Steelers get up off the mat eventually during a game. And this one, yeah. they just didn't do it. And it's like, who do we want to go after in this one, Kurt? I think last week we talked about the coaches. We were, we were kind of lamenting all these slow starts. And it happened again, right? No points in the first quarter. No points in the first half. The Steelers are down 23 to nothing in Kansas City. It's just, you're not going to come back from that deficit. You've got to start faster. And they didn't address that. That's been an issue. They were getting questions to the players, to the coaches. They're being asked about it. 
they were they were going to try to address it in this game. They didn't do it for whatever reason. They weren't able to to fix that thing. At some point, we got to stop going after the coaches for the players not being ready to go at the jump, and we have to go after the players, right? I mean, at some point, it's, exactly. there, it's on them. It's a point of pride. I mean, I know these guys love football. They wouldn't be doing this if they didn't love playing football. And they're out there in front of all these people. Uh, point of pride. At some point, you got to make a play. I mean, it's it's remarkable to me that that especially the offensive line. I know I've harped on the offensive line all season, but you know, I know that that Kendrick Green's a rookie and Dan Moore's a rookie, but the other three guys on that line are veterans. And and they know what what it takes to play in the NFL. You know, Trey Turner's been around a long time and and you know they had to rotate some guys through because there were some injuries, but everybody they put up there is a veteran and they know what what it takes to make a play and they just they just can't they can't win a one on one. You know, they just they aren't capable consistently um of of just beating their man across from them more times than they lose. And that to me that you can't I mean I know everybody likes to point at the the coaches and I think I think the coaches do take some blame for some of the play calling and the, the schemes and things. I don't. I don't think Matt Canada understands the talent he has on the roster and how to utilize it. Um, I don't think Keith Butler does on defense either. I think they're trying to ask these guys, especially these backups. You know, we've got we've got reserves playing at so many positions, and I think they're putting these guys in these positions and expecting them to play like the guys they're they're in there for. And I, I just don't think that's fair. I, I don't think you can expect. Um, you know, Taco Charlton to be TJ Watt. They're, they're, that, that's not a scenario that's ever going to work. It's, you can't expect Henry Mondu to be Tyson Alualu. I mean, that just isn't going to happen. And so it, it's tough. It's tough when you, you put against a bunch of guys out there that probably shouldn't be playing um, on the field together. But yeah, I, I think that, you know, w- when you're a professional and you're a veteran and you're highly paid, um, the fact that you don't come out and play harder. Um, I know these guys have all kind of gotten defensive about it this week. And Deontay Johnson defended the offensive line and said, why don't you guys go out there and do better or whatever it may be. And I thought, you know, there are probably a lot of guys that, that could lose as many one-on-ones as the offensive line does, and, and, you know, and, and get paid what they get paid to do it. So I don't know what the, what the answer is. I think that at this point you got two games left. Um, you know, this game is an absolute must win. I know we're going to talk about the Browns game a little later on, but you know, if they lose this week, then the only playoff scenarios involve other teams tying to create different tiebreakers. <laughs> so, I mean, it becomes so convoluted at that point that there's really no point you win this week or the season's over basically. And so, you know, where, where is it at this point? You know, at what point is Mike Tomlin and his staff, Sort of, sort of monitoring the effort by these guys in terms of who do we want back next year and who don't we want back next year based on how, how well do you play when, when there's nothing to play for anymore. And that, I think, is going to be pretty key over these next two games. And I think last week was a, a good indicator. The guys who really played hard, you can tell. They, they want to be here. They want to be on the team. But some of those guys, I think they're already on vacation. I think they've kind of mailed it in already, and that's that's unfortunate for the guys like Cam Hayward, Ben Roethlisberger, who come out and, and do everything they can every game. 
getting their early tea time, yeah. start getting those going. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I think you know you you have to throw some shade at the players for uh, these continued slow starts, uh, just giving themselves no chance. And you know, going back, you mentioned Matt Canada. You mentioned the offensive line, and you know all that is completely valid. But like, do something to protect the offensive line, right? Help them out. Like yeah. you were you were writing about yep. this. I know you and a lot of Steelers fans hated all the outside run calls for Najee Harris in this game, oh, right? Just you're just putting, terrible. You're just putting players in a position to fail, and then obviously the big one, the fake double reverse down thirty points oh, in the second half. I mean, that was that God. might have been a new low point for the offense. So you know, when you speak about Matt Canada, like, I'm wondering if he's like coaching his way out of a job. Like I'm wondering if if his first season with the Steelers is going to be his last as the offensive coordinator because there's some he's he's got a gen, he's got a decent hot seat right now Kurt I don't, I don't think there's any yeah, doubt about that definitely definitely I think I think he's I think you know I don't I don't think Mike Tomlin uh, this week when he spoke to the media about Matt Canada I don't feel like what he said was any sort of an endorsement of Canada you know he said he's comfortable with the play calls but he understands there's a learning curve and it's like, I get that, but at the same time, can you really sacrifice a season for the sake of a learning curve? No, I mean, not in the NFL. When does, someone, yeah, when does someone sit down with him and go, your offensive linemen aren't athletic enough to get to the outside. Your, your wide receivers are not big and strong enough to hold, you know, to set the edge on these outside runs. Najee Harris isn't fast enough to run those plays. You don't have your little scat backs like you did at Maryland. You can't continue to do this. And I... I don't understand why they're just sort of allowing him to to sort of learn on the fly um, and 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 just costing the team games basically. I mean, I know at that they were down thirty when they ran that double reverse, uh, but still, that's just a ridiculous play call. I mean, that's that's it's such laughable. a terrible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those outside. I mean, they'd already run that toss several times in the game and gotten nothing, and then to run it on fourth down. Just, just blows my mind. And then to look surprised. You know, they cut the camera up to Matt Canada up in the booth, and he looked legitimately shocked that that play didn't make it. I mean, he practically jumped out of his seat when Najee Harris, you know, was getting tackled in the backfield. Like, how could that play not have worked? It's only failed three times this game. You know, how could it – uh, how could that not have worked? And that, that to me, is, it, that's tough. I mean, that's that, and that's demoralizing for your players. I mean, if you're a, if you're an offensive lineman, and you know, if, if you're Dan Moore, and you know, I can't get out there on that edge, on that toss play, and here it is, fourth and one, and they go, here it comes, here comes that toss play, Dan, and you know, he's just like, well, we're screwed. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing I can do, you know, and and those guys have no power over any of this. They they are just. You know, they have to run the play that's called. And I feel kind of bad for him because he's really not putting him in good positions. You know, he, he's not, not doing him any favors. You saw him kind of set the run up in the second half a little bit. And I know the the um, the Chiefs were playing way off the ball because they were defending the pass and that sort of thing. But guard to guard is where Najee Harris can make his money. I mean, that's where he can run the ball. And, and why they – don't do more of that. I'll I'll never understand. But I I think that I think that Tomlin's going to probably not move on from from Canada at the end of the season. I think there's going to be enough turnover. You know, Adrian Clem's already left. The offensive line coach has already left for a job at Oregon. Uh, I don't think he'll make any big moves with Canada in the off season. But 
you never know. You, you just never know who's going to be out there and available too. I mean, there might be somebody that they know about that. I know Steelers fans have been sending me messages about guys they want to have replace him and, you know, that's all sounds great, but maybe those coaches don't want to leave where they're at, you know? So you can't just assume that, that Mike Kafka is going to want to leave the chiefs to come run the offense in Pittsburgh. I don't know how many guys message me that he should be the, the next offensive coordinator. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds great, but I don't know that I will leave Kansas city right now. So true that. Yeah. True that. Yeah. I think uh, if you're going to, if you're going to have a learning curve, let's get that, you know, you'll see training camp and preseason to, you know, kind of yeah. get the learning curve out of the way and, and then be ready to roll week one. Uh, you know, yeah. And the fake double reverse. I mean, the only good that did was, you know, go on Twitter and, and see everybody's, you know, everybody's pissed oh off reactions God. to it because that was, that was definitely a new low point for the offense. Okay. We'll continue picking away at this uh, in our questions of the week. Who's to blame most? Who's to blame most for the Steelers? Probably bottoming out once again, late in the year. We'll cover that right after this. This is the Typico Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. interesting. I'm Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com here to bring you strong plays for the Fantasy Football Championship Week number 17. Quarterback Russell Wilson, Seattle Seahawks versus Detroit Lions. Wide receivers DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are back in business. And tight end Gerald Everett has been on the upswing in recent weeks. Running back Rashad Penny has managed to resurrect his early career hype in a span of three games. And through all of that, Wilson still hasn't been a fantasy factor since returning from surgery. That should change versus a Detroit defense that has given up six performances of at least 21 fantasy points to quarterbacks this year. While the lines may be improved against the pass, there's just too much to contain, and Rush should get back to cooking at home. He's good for 250 and 2 at minimum. Running back Devin Singletary, Buffalo Bills versus Atlanta Falcons. In the last three weeks, Singletary is RB5 overall in PPR scoring. I bet you didn't have that on your fantasy football bingo card for December. Atlanta has struggled to contain the position in 2021, and Singletary's upswing has come at a perfect time to trust him as an RB2 in reception-rewarding formats. Running backs have averaged 21 PPR points per game against this defense in the last five weeks, and the season-long look at that number is 25.6, or 11% higher than the league average. Amon Ross, St. Brown, Detroit Lions at Seattle Seahawks. In a year full of big-name rookie receivers, St. Brown's 74 receptions trails only Jalen Waddle's 96. Last Sunday, nine catches, 91 yards, and a touchdown came with Tim Boyle under center, showing he can deliver regardless of the quarterback. Jared Goff is due back this week after being activated from the COVID protocols. Seattle has permitted 15 receivers to catch at least five passes in 2021. In the last five weeks, only Cooper Cup has more catches, and just Cup and Justin Jefferson have more targets than this rookie. Even if Seattle manages to keep him out of the end zone, St. Brown has had enough volume go his way to suggest that he can overcome it. Tight end Foster Moreau, Las Vegas Raiders at Indianapolis Colts. Moreau once again will be the primary tight end if Darren Waller cannot play through a knee injury. Indy has given up top three numbers for yardage and receptions in the last five weeks, and Moreau has been trending in the right direction with 10 plus PPR points in consecutive games after being mostly quiet during Waller's absence. While trusting Moreau is risky, the Colts offer an amazing opportunity in PPR scoring. Best of luck in your championship quest. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522. 4700 in Colorado. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. 
listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we've reached that point in the show. It's our questions of the week, three of them for uh, Kurt that he's not been prepped on. And here's question number one. Kurt, a little bit of a softball for you, given the holiday. What is your top New Year's resolution for the Steelers heading into 2022? What do you think? I think that they should uh, they should resolve to to spend more wisely on their depth. I, I would love to see Pittsburgh do more um, – dig a little deeper when it comes to their backups and not, not just count on guys who've already been around to, to, uh, to contribute when, when called upon. I think they, I think they need to do a little better. They, they dumped a lot of money into the starters. So I would like to see them resolve to, uh, to do a little better with selecting their backups because we've seen this year, um, there is a huge drop off at the, the backup, several of the backup positions that we aren't seeing on other teams. And so I'd, I'd like to see them uh, resolve to, to do a little better with who they bring in as reserves. Never in the history of the NFL has depth been more important, right? The modern day NFL right. depth is like, it's all about depth now. I don't think COVID's going away anytime soon. So uh, yeah, it, you're only as strong as your depth. I, I think that's a good way to put it. Uh, all right, question number two. This is a fun one. Shannon Sharp. He, he made it on Steelers mm-hmm. Wire and he was all over Twitter uh, tweeting that the Steelers, quote unquote, coach wide receiver on sportsmanlike conduct and that it's condoned by mike tomlin so uh buy or sell that flaming hot take kurt by shannon sharp well both i i do it's like i said when i wrote it up i don't believe that tomlin coaches it but i do believe in essence he condones it i i do believe that after living through everything we've lived through with antonio brown juju smith schuster chase claypool I do believe that Mike Tomlin is of the mind that wide receivers are kind of a different cut and there's, there's some consideration has to be made for that. You know, I just, I, but I don't believe that it's something that he encourages except by omission, I guess would be the way to say it. You know, he, any player, any wide receiver for the Steelers at this point has to look at, look at the others around him, you know, Ray Ray McLeod getting that, that taunting penalty. I personally don't believe it should have been called. Um, but needless to say, if you, you decide to suspend him for a game for that, what does that say about Chase Claypool the week before doing something far worse and nothing coming of it? So, you know, the precedent has been set. If Paul wants to fix this, he needs to decide in the off season that he's going to tighten things up. And starting in 2022, that kind of behavior is not going to be tolerated for better or worse. Uh, the, the problem is, is that there's just, uh, I've always said, and this is coming from a guy who is a, an old offensive lineman and, and, and nose tackle, I don't understand wide receivers. I don't, I don't understand what goes on in their heads. Um, Chris Carter used to say that it's because they're stuck out there all by themselves and they have to rely on everybody else so much to get them the football that it just you have to be a little different to play the position. Yeah. And I think we just I think that has become more and more magnified. That in cornerback, I think it's just magnified um in the current NFL. Just so happens Steelers got several of them on the same team. Yeah, yeah, you're right. The wide receivers that they're the throw me the damn ball guys and the corners are the yeah. put me on an island guys. Right? There that is yeah. that is something. But I think 
wide receiver flags, they have to be a point of emphasis for Tomlin and the Steelers in 2022. Oh, yeah. right? I mean, Ray Ray McLeod, you're down 30 to nothing, and, and you picked up eight yards on third and six. Can you just get your yeah. ass back to the huddle? I mean, I, I, there's, exactly. there's no business to give Kansas City at that point. The game's pretty much over. There's no showboating to even do. You don't have to do anything. You, you could be fired up, but like, just get your ass back to the huddle and like headbutt somebody in your mm-hmm. huddle. Like, they just yeah. don't quite get it to that level. They got to get it. They just got to tighten that up. I, I think you said it right. They just got to tighten that thing up. Too many wide receiver flags, Kurt. It's cr- crazy yeah. with this team. And again, 30 to nothing. You're down 30 nothing when that flag came out. So uh, they got to tighten that up. All right, question number three. It's a multiple choice question for you, Kurt. These are the ones that always got me in trouble in college and high school. I could not do multiple <laughs> choice. I would rather write the essay. I don't know about you. I could write the essay and pass multiple choice. So uh, good luck to you here. But who's most to blame for the Steelers bottoming out once again here late in the year? I'm going to give you four choices. A, Mike Tomlin slash coaching slash front office. I'm going to package that all into A. B, mm-hmm. Ben Roethlisberger being at the end of the line. C, the offensive line that just, you know, like you said, struggling to block anyone one-on-one. Or D, the defense no longer being able to kind of cover for the team's issues and be dominant. Which one of those four do you think is most to blame? At this point, I think it has to go on the offensive line. If I have to pick one of those, I'm going to pick them. I think it's more on the players at this point, like you said. But if I have to split it up even more, I'm going to continue to come back to the offensive line. And I think that I think that if they can run the football – and they could keep the other team's offense off the field, it would make the defense's life easier. So I'm, I'm sticking with that. I know that I talked to Ramon Foster, you know, played for the Steelers. Um, he's kind of in the same mindset that, you know, he, he kind of puts it on the, the offensive line, having played for Pittsburgh on along the offensive line. I just – I think they should have been better than they are. Yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with offensive line. How bad is it gotten for the Steelers? Well, they're three-and-a-half-point home underdogs to the Cleveland Browns this week. Uh, so that's where it's bad. <laughs> that's how bad it's gotten, Kurt. We'll talk about that matchup in the spread and make a pick right after this. This is the Typical Sportsbook Minute. Let's make this interesting. What's up? This is Jeff Clark from the Bet Slipping Podcast presented by SportsbookWire.USAlay.com. I'm here with my handicap and homie, Nathan Beagle, to break down this week's Monday Night Football game between the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Our friends at Typico Sportsbook have the Browns favored three and a half points and the total sitting at 40 and a half. My pick is the Steelers plus three and a half points. It's a pros versus Joes game with more money coming on the Steelers, but more bets being placed on the Browns. Also, since 2011, the Steelers are 7-1-1 and against the spread when getting three points or more at home. Nate, how do you see this game playing out? I'll take the Steelers plus 3.5 as well. Baker Mayfield is thrown eight picks in his last five games and has just one game with over a 60% completion rate. I'll ride with the better quarterback in his last home game. That was your typical Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See Tipico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. 
Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Kurt, as I said right before the break there, the Steelers, three and a half point home dogs to the Cleveland Browns this week. You buying or selling that? I mean, I think Pittsburgh's going to win. I, you want to give me three and a half, I'll take it. Um, I don't understand the spread being what it is. I mean, Cleveland's as bad a football team as Pittsburgh is at this point. I'm not sure why they're exactly they're getting that kind of consideration on the road unless they think the return of Baker Mayfield's going to be that big a, big a deal. But, I mean, the Steelers have already beat the Browns once this season, so I'm not, I'm not overly concerned about this game. But if you want to give me points for it, I'll, I'll take that too. But, you know, like you and I were talking, this is probably Ben Roethlisberger's last game in Pittsburgh. And so if there was ever a game for his teammates to come through for him, it's going to be this week. So um, I'm feeling pretty confident about this, um, which is probably a sure bet that they'll get blown out. But I will, <laughs> I will, I will ride with that for now. Yeah, I mean, I was I was all over the Steelers last week and, and might have placed a bet on them myself. So, uh, yeah, Ooh. I was yeah, that was that was a painful one for me. Uh, but, yeah, I was I'm just surprised three and a half point dogs. Uh, yeah. And the Steelers beat Cleveland 15 to 10 on the road earlier this season. And, and Roethlisberger kind of owns this franchise. So it's like yeah. in his last home game. Do you really believe the Steelers are going to let that let this one get away? In a must and on Monday situation. night football, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're like twenty-five and eight on Monday night football at home. I mean, uh, there's just too many things working against Cleveland here. You know, someday Cleveland will win that summer Super Bowl, but it's not going to be this year. So, <laughs> and Mayfield, I mean Baker Mayfield, he's just he just loves throwing interceptions right now. So the Steelers should yeah. be able to get their hands on some football. So yeah, I think you, you take the points when you're when you're getting points at home. I think you got to take them, especially in this. You got to take them, yeah. The total is very, very yeah. low, 41 and a half. And now that first game was super mm-hmm. low scoring, Kurt. Do you think the same kind of game? Oh, definitely. I think I think both these offenses are going to struggle. I think that uh, I think they're going to dig up the middle of that Heinz Field sod. And, and uh, you know, the punters are going to get a lot of work in. But, yeah, I definitely would stay under on this one. I don't, I don't think either team has a whole lot of punch unless Nick Chubb just, you know, comes out and just blows the doors off Pittsburgh and, Gets a couple, gets a few quick touchdowns or whatever, but no, I'll take the under for now. Well, I I know what I would take too. I I think I'll take the Pittsburgh under in the first half because they have they have done yeah, nothing to make go. me believe they're going to score in the first half. Way under, <laughs> take way under. under. Take the under in the first half and the over for the uh, Pittsburgh team total in the second half. Uh, if you could do that on yeah. your sports book, but all right, so we'll see what happens. Kurt, uh, happy New Year to you. What's going on New Year's Eve for you? Are you just watching college football and cooking food? What, what, what do you got going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Just to enjoying my last weekend before uh, before I head back to the to the day job, and so I'm gonna I'm just taking it easy a little bit. Yeah, I love it, man. All right, cool. So we'll be back next week to talk Steelers, Browns. Everyone have a great, healthy, happy New Year, and we will catch you then. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store.
Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.